Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. I'm your host, I'm Shemay Linney. I'm a fitness and nutrition expert, certified iridologist, biohacker, mom of two, and many other things. I hope you're all really well and keeping warm if you're in Alberta. The last week we've had like an extreme cold snap. So uh, hopefully everyone's doing well, you've increased your vitamin D, you're staying hydrated with your fluids, and that you find this episode interesting. So in this episode, we're going to look at fiber and greens. But before I go on, I must remind you that the information in these podcast episodes is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Please consult your health practitioner before making any lifestyle changes. Okay, so let's go on. We want to look at fiber because it's a topic I've touched on with my clients, but not too much in my posts or my podcast because sometimes I assume certain things, which is um, wrong of me. Like with cinnamon, I assume that people know which is the correct cinnamon to consume. But with fiber, I assume that everyone knows how important fiber is. So we're going to go into some of the details now and maybe some aspects of fiber that you didn't know about, which will encourage you to get more fiber into your days. So fiber comes in many forms. It's famous for improving bowel movements and regularity and helping lower cholesterol. Um, But Fiber also performs other key roles that you probably haven't heard about, which affects everything from your skin to your gallbladder, to how you detoxify estrogen, to brain health, to immunity, to fat loss. Like fiber is a big part of all that. So fiber really should be one part of everybody's meal, but that doesn't mean before you jump to conclusions that you need to eat green vegetables at every meal like you don't need to buy a special product you don't need to only consume green vegetables or legumes there are other ways but fiber is the special ingredient there and we've known for decades that fiber rich foods are good for us there's many experts that have observed that people in other cultures, as they've given up their traditional diets and moved towards a more Western Western style of eating, which is, as most of us know, dominated by processed foods, which is not only lower in fiber, but all, most of the time void of fiber and then high in sugar and trans fats and artificial flavors and all that sort of stuff. Um, But these people, as they move from their ancestral traditional diets towards the Western style diets, they become more susceptible to not just weight gain, but a host of illnesses. There's a torrent of studies that have shown that fiber-rich foods work wonders in the body, regulating our blood sugar levels, reducing our risk of uh, 
coronary heart disease, which comes to the whole binding to cholesterol and generally people who eat higher fiber diets, like healthier diets, they they generally are healthier overall, believe it or not. So they do have a reduced risk of coronary heart disease or cardiovascular issues. Um, people with higher fiber in their diets have lower hypertension or blood pressure. They don't have the likelihood of developing diabetes, a less chance of obesity, breast cancer, colon cancer, gastrointestinal disorders, um, not just irritable bowel sy syndrome, but also diverticulosis, which I've spoken a lot about. Fiber is a huge player in that, especially if you get diverticulitis, which is that flare of those diverticuli or the pouches. Fiber is one of the first things you need to jump to to start getting that back in line. Um, and then, of course, with... Um, we have Crohn's disease uh, and other issues of the large intestine or colon um, and then fiber. There's many studies out there and I'll see if I can pull one up that I've shared with my clients that show that one of the key foods for supporting weight loss or fat loss is fiber. So although Nowadays, we have newer tools to better understand how fiber interacts with our bodies. Um, most of us generally have a good idea that fiber is good for us um, and helps with our basic systems. But some of the new work shows that fiber plays an essential role in little known and critically important systems in our body, one called the enterohepatic circulatory system. Um, and what that means is when you break it up, you've got entero, which is the Latin for um, relating to the area of the intestines or your gut. And then you've got hepatic, which many people will know is Latin for the liver. So you've got the enterohepatic. So this system, which is the connection between your intestines or your gut and your liver, which has the key job of clearing out fat-soluble waste from your bloodstream, um, helps with the progression of bile from the liver through to the small intestines and even the gallbladder and back again, helps with detoxifications of hormones and other toxins. Um, so let's see if we can find this study in regards to weight loss while it's on my mind. Okay, so one study that pertains specifically to fibers impact on fat loss, not to confuse you, but before I go on, it's, it's in the Journal of Nutrition and it's, it's titled Impact of Dietary Fiber Consumption on Insulin Resistance and Prevention of Type 2 Diabetics. Most of us know that managing insulin levels and blood sugar levels is key to fat loss and long-term fat loss. So I would encourage you to check out that study again. That's the Journal of Nutrition and it's fairly recent. It's from January 2018. Not that we need anything too recent because most of us know or have always known that fiber is beneficial. But anyway, if we don't eat enough soluble fiber, and we'll get into the different types of fiber as we go on, 
this is a big one that was an aha moment for me a few years ago, but I don't think a lot of people know this. If you don't eat enough soluble fiber, your bile, instead of being helped out of the body and then replaced with fresh bile produced by the liver, it ends up being repeatedly recirculated in your system. So fiber is so important for bile health, gallbladder health, and preventing gallstones. And I'll say that again, preventing gallstones, because I know too many people right now dealing with gallbladder issues and gallstones and potential surgery. Um, but so the more that this happens, where you're recirculating this, let's say, stale bile, it becomes more concentrated with toxins, uh, which in turn then can lead to a whole host of inflammatory issues like gallbladder issues, gallbladder pain, gallbladder disease, intestinal inflammation, stomach issues, inflamed pancreas, um, and even skin conditions like acne and eczema and psoriasis, um, because it's a big part of detoxification. Bile is a big part of detoxification. If detoxification is not happening properly, then this stuff is going to reflect in your skin because remember, your skin is your biggest detoxification organ. If you can't get it out through your waste, through binding it to bile and then pooping it out or through, say, your period for women, of course, or to sweat or panting with exercise, well, guess what's going to happen? It's going to reflect in your skin. Toxins are going to be pushed out through your skin. Your skin is going to become inflamed and sensitive. So ultimately, a low-fiber diet can contribute to these elevated levels of toxicity. Um, and this is explained in more depth by Dr. Alejandro Jung. Younger, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's the director of integrative medicine at Manhattan-based Lenox Hospital, Lenox Hill Hospital. Uh, and his book is titled Clean, the Revolutionary Program to Restore the Body's Naturally Ability to Heal Itself. And basically what Dr. Younger states is that when we don't eat enough fiber, the toxins that we should be eliminating through our bowels get reabsorbed into the bloodstream and that can cause many problems. Unfortunately, Western medicine is toxic blind, he says. In the Western medical world, toxicity means an acute problem like alcohol toxicity or someone who took too many pills. This more diffuse toxicity that I am talking about is rarely acknowledged at all in the Western medical world. And the end effect of all this toxicity is inflammation. Um, virtually everybody's inflamed today. Where did you hear that before? I may be known for saying that. And he finishes up, which negatively affects various organs in many different ways. So um, detoxification, very important. And if you're not detoxifying properly, and I know I've said this in many, many episodes and posts, an accumulation of toxins and waste products in the body is going to drive up inflammation. That's going to drive up the potential for autoimmune issues, arthritis, aches and pains, headaches, migraines, loads and loads of stuff. So although I know I say sleep is number one, then detoxification would be number two. Pun intended, but yeah, you get what I'm saying. 
So research has shown us that when we focus on fiber, fiber-rich foods in our diet, not only are we helping with the detoxification process and our gut health and our gallbladder and our bile, that all is connected to our immune system. 60 to 70% of our immune system lies within our gut or gastrointestinal system. So it turns out that a wide variety of fiber-dependent processes, which are key to maintaining our body, they're also key to maintaining our resistance to infections and other immune-related diseases like cancer. Yet most people don't understand the mechanism by which this happens and why fiber is so important to not just our health and all that, but also our vitality. Um, So fiber is really important and dietary fiber, most people know, comes from plants. Um, Traditionally, dietary fiber has been divided into two groups. So one is insoluble fiber and then soluble fiber, which I mentioned already. Both of these fibers bind with the body's waste products, just so you know that. Like both have an important role in bowel movements and detoxification and helping you excrete the waste and the poop. So insoluble fiber comes from the hard structural part of the plant, like when we think of the husk of a plant or maybe uh, the skins of fruit, like apple. I speak about apples a lot. So you'll get insoluble fiber in apple skin and even pears and even kiwi skins and potato skins. An insoluble fiber makes its way through your digestive system relatively intact, acting kind of like um, a sweeping compound that it'll do a 360 throughout your intestines and your colon, just kind of cleaning stuff up as it moves through. And it helps to make your bells or your stool bulkier. And then soluble fiber, on the other hand, that comes from the structures within the cells of the plant. So not generally the outer plant or the skin, but inside the plant. So soluble fiber then will enter the digestive tract. It absorbs water and dissolves into like a mucus or a viscous gel. And this is very important for also healing that mucus lining throughout your gastrointestinal tract. So although both fiber types, they affect the body's ability to help with bowel movements and bowel emptying and help with the recirculation of clean bile, soluble fiber really does the bulk of the work. So when we eat a meal containing fat, our liver begins to produce bile and this is actually interesting because I was speaking to my sister and someone else about this I think a week or two ago and they assumed that it was the gallbladder that made bile and I was like no your liver makes bile the gallbladder is just a storage site for bile so even if you get your gallbladder removed 
you can still produce bile and you can still make gallstones. The bile that is in excess that your liver makes, it just gets stored in a smaller location called the cystic duct, but you can still have bile issues, even with your gallbladder gone. Anyway, so you eat a meal containing fat, your liver starts to produce bile. Um, bile generally is made, of, made up of cholesterol, lecithin, and a few other molecules like minerals and stuff. Then the liver then will send this bile into the small intestine where it'll help to like emulsify or break down this fat into smaller pieces. So bile works kind of like dish soap or even vinegar in that it emulsifies and breaks down the fat or the oil. So once broken down into pieces, then the nutrients are extracted from the fat and they're absorbed in the upper part of your small intestine, in the ileum. Uh, and then at the lower end of the small intestine, the bile is broken down, whatever's left over with the fats and the bile that's broken down into its constituent parts and it's recirculated through the bloodstream and then the liver filters it again a second time, removing any more, say, drugs or toxins and then helps to dispose of this through our waste. So I, I hope that you're taking a lot away from this in regards to fiber so far and we're not finished yet. So as long as you have adequate fiber in your diet, there doesn't the research shows us that people generally will not have bile or gallbladder issues. Now, there's a lot to be considered when it comes to gallbladder and bile issues. There's a, if people have hypothyroidism, there's a higher likelihood that they're going to have gallbladder issues. If people live a sedentary lifestyle or eat a poor diet, they're going to have a higher likelihood of gallbladder issues. And there's some other factors. But the fact is that fiber will help to form that tight bond with bile in the intestines, binding up all the harmful toxins, the cholesterol, the sugars, the fat that it contains, and then help it be excreted from the body. But if we're eating a poor or a non-existent or a low fiber diet, our bile can become increasingly concentrated with toxins and fats as it recycles back to the liver. And as I said earlier, this the more it gets recycled backwards, that bile becomes more toxic and it actually becomes sludgy bile, um, which basically means that as the bile becomes recirculated, all the time, then the physical state of the bile, it's not as viscous, it's not as liquid, it starts to become thicker and sludgy and inflamed, kind of like when I speak about blood clots and inflamed blood. Um, so that can happen and you get sludgy bile and eventually that can turn into a solid substance, which we call gallstones. And actually you can see sludgy bile in an ultrasound. So you could potentially prevent the progression of gallstones, like if you caught it earlier enough. So this sludgy bile 
the more you have, the more acidic and more gluggy, and then it starts to solidify and cause a lot of inflammation and irritation to your tissues, and then you get all this swelling and pain and issues with your gut, and even all the way up to your esophagus, and then you get that burny, itchy pain under your right shoulder blade, maybe you get um, indigestion, so a whole host of things can happen. And this podcast, I swear, was not supposed to be about bile and gallbladder, but I really just want to drive home the idea, the importance of having enough fiber in your diet to support gallbladder and bile health, because so many people have this issues, like so many people. Um, And if you have bile issues, it could be an indication of something else, like I mentioned, hypothyroidism that you haven't got diagnosed with or even other issues like stomach issues in regards to low hydrochloric acid as well. But then we have, like I mentioned, the other stuff that can be presenting as acne and eczema and psoriasis, which a lot of people struggle with. And they might just think like this is a skin disorder, but chances are, and I've always said this, whatever reflects on your skin it is reflective of what's happening in your gut. So, I mean, if just adding in fiber was going to make the world a difference, then why wouldn't you do this? So, amongst other problems, inadequate fiber can contribute to elevated cholesterol levels. Um, While bile is being kind of escorted or excreted by fiber and carried out of the body, there's fewer bile acids recycling in the liver or being stored in the gallbladder. That means the next time you eat a meal with fat in it, the liver has to make new fresh bile, which is more viscous and more liquid as well. And as it manufactures this new bile, it pulls in more cholesterol, which is what makes a bile. So it pulls that cholesterol out of the blood, thereby reducing blood cholesterol levels. But if you're not having enough fiber, that process doesn't happen as readily. And also you don't even have fiber will bind to cholesterol too in the bowels. So you have a higher chance that that cholesterol is going to enter into the bloodstream as well. So, um, and, and when we hear the likes of cholesterol, a lot of people will think like, Um, cardiovascular issues or coronary heart disease and the idea that lack of fiber can be a root cause of the likes of arteriosclerosis or a heart attack happening is it's shocking to many people but it doesn't mean it is the root cause I mean there's other things there's other um variables that would cause something like that but fiber potentially could help with something like that Another thing that I mentioned is fiber is great for helping with detoxification of hormones, which then can help with the potential for, say, estrogen-dominant cancers. Um, So estrogen, which is made from fat, so fat helps us make cholesterol, cholesterol then helps us make our sex hormones. So estrogen basically is made from fat, and it's an example of a fat-soluble waste that needs to be cleared by the liver. Many people, many women don't know that you don't only detoxify estrogen through your period, you detoxify estrogen through your poop, through your waste. But if you don't properly eliminate 
and you're not getting that like toxic bile out of your body, the estrogen gets recirculated into your bloodstream and then the estrogen levels in your bloodstream, they just continue to climb. Now there's a process there that happens in the intestines called deglucuronidation. I've spoke about it in other podcast episodes, but basically the estrogen will get reabsorbed through the intestinal lining and seep back into the blood cells. Um, And then those estrogens can stimulate the growth of abnormal cells, which could potentially lead to the growth of cancer cells. And then we have like our estrogen dominant type cancers like breast cancer or uterine cancer or um, ovarian or even vaginal cancer. And it makes you wonder, why are these cancers being stimulated? And it's on the rise nowadays. And is it because estrogen is stimulating their growth and we, we have more estrogen than we've ever had because we're not detoxifying properly? We're definitely bigger than we've ever been. Fat cells create their own estrogen. Um, there's a lot to be considered, but are we not binding to this estrogen that may be free floating in our body and detoxifying it so it can't accumulate within our blood? Um, so a lot to be considered, but all is not lost. One of the easiest ways to help with this, apart from using drugs or surgery, is to eat an ample supply of fiber-rich foods. And when you have fiber-rich foods, you're not only getting the fiber, you're generally getting an abundance of vitamins and minerals and enzymes and polyphenols and all these other amazing things that also help support good health and have cancer preventative aspects to them and boost your immunity and all that sort of stuff. So because of the season that's in it, and we're going into like cold and flu season, and I've already, I know a few people that have already been hit. Um, I just want to discuss a little bit on how fiber helps with immunity. Apart from preventing that toxic overload or backload in our body, um, Fiber really does help a lot in our body's role in improving um, the immune system through not only the effectiveness of the gastrointestinal system, but also the other stuff that I've mentioned. So after you eat fiber and it goes into the small intestines, that insoluble fiber that's undigested that you would get from the likes of organic Granny Smith apple skin, those fibers arrive in the large intestine or your colon and they feed your good bacteria there. So our good bacteria being our bacterioides and our acromansia um, and a few others. And these good bacteria, they these fibers would be what we would call prebiotic fibers so they help the friendly bacteria to grow but they also help to suppress the bad bacteria or kill off the bad bacteria 
from the polyphenol aspect. Anyway, so this insoluble fiber, it feeds your good bacteria. Um, and then those good bacteria play a huge part in the immune system and helping fight off pathogens that come in. Good bacteria also play a huge part in um, cardiovascular health to they're generally carbon eaters um, and that process alone can help with weight loss too um, but according to some experts a flourishing corpse of friendly intestinal flora can help protect the lining of the intestine and prevent leaky gut syndrome a condition that allows toxins fungi and undigested proteins which would include viruses to get into the bloodstream leaky gut syndrome can cause a host of autoimmune diseases and allergies and leave people susceptible to getting sick more often with the likes of our flu and cold viruses and then there's another benefit of a high fiber diet too and that's kind of what i mentioned a few minutes ago in regards to these foods they're not only great for the insoluble insoluble fiber they're generally high in vitamins minerals antioxidants uh, phytonutrients polyphenols uh, sirtuin activators they have mod biotic aspects and they tend to be lower glycemic foods too I don't focus too much on the glycemic loads of foods or even index but I'm not um not cognizant of it like I, I I'm aware of different foods I just don't focus too much on it because I generally support or advise my clients to eat whole foods so I know it's going to happen regardless and sometimes if you tell people to focus on too much stuff it gets overwhelming and then they stop doing it um, but lower glycemic foods they can help with blood sugars and steady energy and even good weight management. So another reason for getting fiber in. So we've looked at fiber's multiple benefits. We've looked at soluble fiber, insoluble fiber, and that they can also be considered as prebiotics. Now, most people are not getting enough fiber in their diet they're just not the recommendations for daily fiber which may even be too low for some people is 20 to 40 grams a day but estimates say that most people get about 8 grams a day if you wanted to track your fiber I would recommend you use chronometer to track your food and that will tell you how much fiber you're getting um uh, there's more difficult ways like if you are eating food out of a package which you shouldn't really be well that should tell you how much fiber is on it but if you're eating individual foods like apples potatoes celery you probably have to google the amount of fiber and then add it all up on a piece of paper somewhere so chronometer is probably the easiest so we definitely need to get in more fiber we need to get in fiber at every meal which i'm going to tell you how to do and we we don't want to just have all our fiber in one meal like everyone not everyone a lot of people would sit down and have like a big salad and throw in some sweet potato there and maybe some pumpkin seeds or whatever and they'd get all that fiber in the one shot if you have all your fiber in one serving it'll only act on the food that you've just eaten not on the food that you've eaten hours later you need to be supporting your body all day every day 
So we need to have fiber at each meal, which is not as hard as it sounds. It doesn't mean that you need to eat green vegetables at every meal. Now you can if you want to. I know many people that will make like an omelet in the morning and throw in some spinach and mushrooms and onions um, and even garlic and that will work for them. Um, if you were looking at breakfast, depending on who you are and what you're doing, strawberries are high in fiber, berries can be great for fiber, then you also have nuts and seeds can be great for fiber, there's then people who might make like keto pancakes, there's going to have some fiber in it, then there's people that will have oatmeal, so there's going to be fiber there, citrus fruits have fiber in them, uh, and that would be more soluble fiber, but if you're looking at the meal, that's easy enough. Strawberries, nuts, seeds, maybe oatmeal, maybe buckwheat. It depends on what you're having. Chia seeds, flax seeds, and then your insoluble fiber. You've got, um, if you're having grains, of course, you know I'm going to say have sprouted grains. So they're going to have fiber in them. Cabbage, beets, carrots. Um, to have a lot of these at lunchtime. Turnips. Apple skin is great for that insoluble fiber. Cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, my favorite at this time of the year. And then throw in some prebiotic fibers, which is pretty much everything I just mentioned, but potatoes, sweet potato is awesome. I love sweet potato for many reasons, but sweet potato has a mixture of soluble fiber and insoluble fiber. Um, and it has anti-inflammatory properties and an abundance of nutrients and minerals. Um, and then you also could do artichokes. Onion and garlic, I think, would probably be the two that people recognize as prebiotic fibers. So you can get fiber in at every meal. It doesn't have to be green vegetables. Although your cruciferous vegetables, I would say, are going to be top beets. Sweet potato, potatoes are great, like white potatoes, purple potatoes, apples, berries, artichokes, asparagus, green beans, onions, garlic, lots and lots of options. Um, it's just actually doing it is the biggest thing with people. Execution. So, in summary, fiber is very important for many aspects of your health, not just to help you have good bowel movements. It's very important for bile production, preventing gallstones, keeping a healthy gallbladder and liver, supporting the detoxification of hormones, even supporting brain health. We didn't get into that, but I do plan to do a post or maybe a podcast soon on 10 reasons why you should be eating more green vegetables. Um, fiber is going to be great for supporting the immune system. Fiber is great for skin health. Fiber, I think it just makes you feel good all over. And as a bonus, it helps with fat loss. So I hope you found this helpful. Please share with anyone you think might find this information helpful. And if you feel it's deserved, please do feel free to leave me a review. Reviews really help podcasters because it boosts uh, the affinity on the algorithm and helps more people discover our content and our podcast. And if you haven't done so already, please do like and subscribe to my podcast. Um, it's, I don't feel it's too much to ask. Liking can really make a difference. 
Otherwise, I hope you guys have a great day, a great rest of the week. Stay warm, stay hydrated, especially if you have the heating on a lot. And I will chat to you guys really soon. Bye-bye.